What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the future class of gaming, a.k.a. the OK Beast Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm good. What does the studio feel like? What's it, it feels look, empty. What's it, it feels yeah. real empty without you here. Yeah, you're you're yeah. at home for some reason. I am. Yeah, you know, we woke up. If you're an audio listener, hopefully you don't even notice the difference. But here, for if you're if you're a video watcher, you see I'm trapped in the Janet Paris Phantom Zone over here on the wall. Yeah, no. we woke up. Got the text from the nanny. She's out sick. So that you know, then you gotta mm. sit there as a parent. You gotta pivot. You gotta pivot. That's what parenting's be all about right now. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't have children or are never, or you don't have children, you're never planning on having children. Next time you're with your parents, just thank them. Because, man, it turns out this job sucks sometimes. You know what I mean? I'm just being mm. a parent. Like, it's great. Ben's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's all the little, like, if this, then that. What about that? Blah, blah. And then the wrench gets thrown in the works. You think you got it all unlocked. You never do. But that's what life's all about, Blessing. Roll with the punches, right? Uh, that's right. At what, what age does Ben take care of himself? At what age can you leave him at home and everything's going to be okay? From what I understand, he can do preschool at, like, you know, three and so mm -hmm. I'll probably send him to a boarding school then. And okay. Then it's kind of just out of my hands, like nine months of the year, and then he comes back and he'll be a man, and he'll you know he'll do, have the little salutes and stuff. I don't know what they do a boarding school. I didn't go to one, but did, I, did I ever? That. Do you know that I went to a boarding school? I vaguely remember that. The thing about Blessing Eddie Oye Jr., uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware, is that Blessing is like a comic book character that's been around since 1935, where he's got a bunch of different <laughs> origin stories. And like that's the Wikipedia is like, do you mean post-crisis Blessing or pre-crisis? And they're all kind of true on what it was. So it's like, he lived in Africa. No, he's from Champagne. He's got Seattle roots. He was in a boarding. It's like, I, you know, it's all, it's all true. true. None it's of it's true. true. It's all canon. It's all a canon event. But yeah, I went to boarding school and I absolutely hated it. Um, okay. Looking back, did at you it, resent your parents for it though, or were you like, did it make you feel really good when you came home? You're like, oh, the parents, they're cool. But was it like a bad boarding school? All of the above, but like, so it was boarding school in Nigeria. Which, if you're uh -huh. going, if you're an American, I was, I was born and raised in Champaign, Illinois, up until age 11, to where they they then. Uh, took me to, to Nigeria, right, and like and put see, me into boarding like, school. No, with all due respect to your parents, that seems like a wild yeah. wrench to throw in a kid's life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so at the time, I absolutely hated it. You know, I was like, yeah. "What's going on here? Everything's different." It was like it was culture shock. It was being in a boarding school in a country that I'd never been to before. It, it sure. was all of that. And so after the fact, um, or during the fact, I, I hated it. After the fact, I look back and I appreciate it. At least I appreciate it culturally for my parents exposed me to Nigeria, introduced me sure. to this different culture, introducing me to my culture, right? Because my family's Nigerian. Um, but also, like, the boarding school aspect of it, I think, helped me to socialize more and, you know, I, I, I guess being entrenched in that environment 24-7 helped me to, like, I, I, I make more friends in a different way, socialize people in a different way. I don't know. I, I think it was good for growth, but it was definitely, at the, in, the, in the time, it was difficult. It was real weird. Okay. Well, in the chat, SkyCry26 says, I think Greg should move to Nigeria when Ben is 11. <laughs> so maybe we'll do that. You know what I mean? It worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, you know? I'm well adjusted. You Put Ben in a That's Nigerian cool. boarding school. Yeah. Kevin's asking what boarding school was like. I was there, I was there like all week, right? I was, I'll be there for months at a time before I would go back home, right? Though I believe they were done in trimesters. And so like, I would I would be there for the whole trimester. I think what like there was like a halfway point to where you would 
I was, I was either a visiting day where your parents would come visit you and hang out, or um, you would have like a week or so where you'd go home, hang out at home, and then come back. But yeah, Sunday through Saturday, every single day, I'd be at boarding school. God damn. Did you have to wear a uniform? I did have to wear a uniform. I'd have to wear was, like a uniform for what I'm, they call them the hostels, right? When I'm in the hostel, there was like a home uniform, and then there was a like a um, button. What up? No wonder you like Persona so much. You fought, you lived it, man. Yeah. You lived Persona. Did you like accidentally murder a kid, and then they sent you to live in this boarding school, you know? Listen, <laughs> you know, listen, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, no, I had my, my uh, at-school uniform was like a button-up shirt and then like a vest over it and then a tie. And then, yeah, like, I, I, I wonder if I can go back and find pictures. If I can't, I'll, I'll end up posting them. But okay. yeah, no, it was, a, it was a whole thing. All right. Well, that's something. Instead of talking about blessing anymore, let's talk about the fact that Apple's got a new VR headset. Capcom's announced their showcase. It's so much more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you know about. If you like that, of course, you can be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Write in with your questions about the day's news, your theories, and of course, your squad up requests. Then you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening on podcast services around the globe of course if you like kind of funny games daily if you're here every day maybe this is your first time and you think the show is grand Head on over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Patreon.com slash kindoffunny allows kindoffunny to stay independent, keep 11 of us employed, and of course, keep the mics and lights on. You can go over there and you can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily ad-free. You can watch us record the podcast a day early and ad-free. And of course, you can get dozens and dozens of bonus episodes of content only on patreon.com slash kindoffunny and show your appreciation for all we do. Some housekeeping for you. A new episode of The Blessing Show premieres right after today's Kind of Funny Games Daily. So if you're watching live, stay tuned to catch the episode right here on the YouTube channel. Of course, it'll do the thing where it links you over to it. Like you have to go pivot for it, but that's how it's going to go. If you're listening later, of course, please go check out the episode on how to announce a video game. Of course, it'll all be up on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, The Blessing Show is a humongous hit. We love it. It is a, a what do you call it? A passion project for Bless and Raj. They knock it out of the park each and every time this episode is no exception and of course it's one of the few things we do that is strictly a youtube.com slash kind of funny video product so please if you can make the time to go over there and watch it blessing are you excited i'm super excited yeah right now if you're watching the video version uh that kevin has pulled up the intro the unique intro we have for this episode that's showing off the blessing showcase there is so much in this episode that like i've me and roger have been doing our best not to talk about because there's a lot of surprises and a lot of fun stuff uh, uh going going on here but shout out to this intro uh, animation i believe done by the one and only cameron kennedy who kills it every single time um but yeah like this is just a taste go over there once the video goes live watch it live to get get all the surprises in real time there, you know when i think of how to announce a video game there's a few things i think about What's whether it be people or whether it be actions and so they better be in this show or else blessing. Well, you said people or actions? Is that what you said? People and actions, yeah. People and actions. I, I, we'll have both of those. Yeah, we'll have people and actions for you. I got you. I love it. 
A new episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is up right now, and it's our Summer Game Fest predictions. You can go to youtube.com slash Games or podcast services around the globe to catch us going through our final predictions as we prepare for Thursday when we will live react to Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest showcase and then do our Games Cast post-show directly following. Of course, you can watch live on Twitch and YouTube as we react on Thursday, but for right now, go get an amazing predictions episode. Over on Patreon, there's a new episode of Kind of Feudy up right now as well. It is, I think, you know, we don't remember what we do really well, but I think it's the most dominant kind of feudy performance of all time, Blessing. Yeah, no, I, I think that lines up. We still have to, I have to go uh, and see and check the, what the scoreboard or what the leaderboard looks like for kind of feudy, but. And when you say check, you mean you need a fan to make that for I you. I need a fan to tracking. compile yeah. that information and let me know what's the highest score we've gotten on kind of feudy so far, because this episode is a contender for sure. Okay. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers who help us make this happen. Casey, Andrew, Delaney, Twining, and of course, James Hastings. Today we're brought to you by Amazon, Shady Rays, and BetterHelp. We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Seven items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Number one, of course, yesterday, Apple tried to throw Kind of Funny Games Daily off by holding a live stream and announcing a bunch of stuff while we were live, but they couldn't get it all out in time for our show. So the number one report, of course, is Apple officially reveals Vision Pro, its new $3,499 mixed reality headset. This is Taylor Lyles over at IGN. Apple's mixed reality headset is real, and it has been announced at the company's annual WWDC keynote event. As a one more thing announcement, Apple CEO Tim Cook took the stage to announce the company's new quote-unquote revolutionary product, the Vision Pro, which Cook says is going to introduce spatial computing to its consumers. While the keynote focused heavily on the Vision Pro's augmented reality capabilities, it is capable of switching to virtual reality seamlessly by using the dial on the headset. Quote, just as the Mac, just as the Mac introduced us to personal computing, an iPhone introduced, to, introduced us to mobile computing, Apple Vision Pro introduces us to spatial computing, Apple CEO Tim Cook said in a press release. Quote, built upon decades of Apple innovation, Vision Pro is years ahead and unlike anything created before, with a revolutionary new input system and thousands of groundbreaking innovations. It unlocks incredible experiences for our users and exciting new opportunities for our developers, end quote. As with any other computing platform, Apple has announced uh, the Vision Pro will use Vision OS, which is the first OS designed from the ground up for spatial computing. Unlike Apple's other operating systems like iOS and macOS, Vision OS is a three-dimensional user interface that quote-unquote frees apps from the boundaries of a display. <laughs> Apple notes, <laughs> Apple notes, the Vision Pro will allow users to be more productive, access their favorite apps, and find new ways to multitask if they decide to pick one up. Based on how Apple is marketing the headset, it appears the headset will serve more as a direct competitor to the MetaQuest Pro than gaming-centric head gaming headsets like the Quest 2 and the just-announced Quest 3. As far as battery life goes, Apple is designed for no, that's what it says. Apple is designed for all-day use when you plug the headset in and quote-unquote up to two hours of use with the external battery for the Vision Pro, as seen in the images on IGN. Apple confirmed that the Vision Pro will release sometime early next year and will retail for $3,499. Apple notes that the headset will be available first 
in the United States of America. We are sorry to everyone in boarding schools in Nigeria. Uh, blessing. Greg, what is your knee-jerk reaction to the Vision Pro? That's a very high price. And I, I think when it comes to a lot of Apple's products, when they're, in, when they're ushering in the OG version of what they see as this is a big new step forward in innovative technology, which is the most marketing thing I've ever said in my life. But like when they, whenever they're introducing something like that, it is always, it's usually priced high, right? It's usually like, hey, yeah. this is for the first adopters. This is for the people that are in like super, super deep into the ecosystem that do have the money to spend to buy this thing. That way we're able to figure out what feature iterations look like and then drive that toward being a bit more consumer available and consumer friendly, both in price and in how it works and functions and, and, and all that stuff. And so that's my knee jerk to the, to the price that I, 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 I can't imagine going to any of my friends' houses and seeing this thing sitting there for that price, right? Like I'm expecting the, the uh, Marcus Brownleys or like the super tech um, content creators and people that have that amount of cash to spend on something like this. I expect them to have this, not anybody else. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of my starting point with this. From there, I go into conversations that we've had about VR in general, which is, where are we in the conversation about VR? Where are we in the conversation about mixed reality and augmented reality and headsets in general and how those fit into the gaming ecosystem? But even with this, right, like this isn't necessarily, this isn't being marketed as a gaming product. You can game on it, of course, but. Look at this fucking photo. God, this photo right here. With, you know where, what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> and I'm not even talking, like, imagine, I mean, and I know it's the future and I know this is, I, this is one of the things they'll clip out in like 40 years when we all have like, the. but I mean, this woman is, seemingly having a conversation <laughs> with her significant other her roommate and she's got this goddamn ski, ski, these goggles on look at her is she even is she watching a movie or is she talking to this guy could you imagine having a serious conversation with your significant other and like they have this thing on and their eyes are twice the size as their regular it's like look? it's totally a thing of like imagine like it's one of it is a serious conversation the guy sits down he's like i just got the report back from the doctor honey it's not good news <laughs> you're <laughs> they're looking at you like this wait are yeah. those not her actual eyes they are, but I mean, they're magnified, right? Are they? I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not even. Again, I'm not talking about the model or the actress. Yeah. I'm just talking about how ridiculous it looks to have these ski goggles on in your house. And they, yeah, are they amplified or not? They definitely even. As even they I mean, even the, the big, color. I, yeah, I mean, I think these are bad, like Photoshop. Also, like is, she's having a conversation, so are they off, or is she like watching something? You know. People are saying it's not actual eyes. <laughs> that it's AI eyes. This is these are these are photoshopped eyes. Well, like when it's, it's a screen. Hold Someone on, but, says that is a screen. It's when a you're screen. actually like re removed from the marketing thing, because of course it's Photoshop. Oh God, yeah, when you're that, that when you're using this in real life and you go through the like the see through mode, the pass through, and you see that person's eyes, it's gonna be like a video Wait, so, projection yeah, of. That's let me. Not real, you're right. You're yeah, Kevin, right. roll it back up and let me. I'll read off the screen. My eyes aren't that great, but let me read. Out. Here we go. So, stay connected to the people around you. Vision Pro. Hold on, I gotta expand my screen because I'm here. Vision Pro helps you remain connected to those around you. Eyesight reveals your eyes and lets those nearby know when you're using apps or fully immersed in experience. When someone approaches, Vision Pro simultaneously lets you see the person and reveals your eyes. To them. And that's the thing. Like, it's a. Yeah, it, so it's, it reads they like are her eyes, but it's, it's a video of her eyes. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right, because like obviously there's a there's a screen in front of her, so it's not transparent. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. This is absurd. <laughs> I I hate how much I would so be in to this if it wasn't thirty five hundred dollars. That's 
insane, right? Like we all agree, yeah. that's an insane price. It's it's an insane price. Maybe even fifteen hundred dollars. But that's the thing is, what I mean, by the time we get to Gen, let's say Gen three or yeah. Gen four, and I know that's that's my thing is, I think that's an if, right? Like, is this thing that's going to hit if. enough? Yeah. Is it going to is it going to I, I actually think, sell enough to be like, okay, let's continue making these? I think this is going to be just as big as the Apple like studio headphones that they came out with. Which ones are those? Are. Yeah, exactly. Like, look, neither, Fair of you, neither of you guys know it. So those are the like large over-the-ear headphones. You're not talking about Beats by Dre, right? Is he fucking serious? <laughs> Apple, Apple headphones. Does, does Apple not own Beats by Dre? I thought Apple bought Beats by Dre. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It, it does, but it also came out with Apple, like, Apple giant headphones. Gotcha, 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 like, gotcha. I think that they were like, it looks like right now they're $500. The AirPod Max. Oh, gotcha, AirPod Max. Right? Listen, I'm an Android person, so I don't need to no, pay attention to any of this bullshit. But as I'm saying, like, you don't see these out in the street all day every sure. day. You see sure. them every once in a while. Mm. But like, it, this isn't a product I say, I don't think it got widely adopted. Um, and I kind of feel like they're setting this up for the same thing of like, you'll see it every once in a while, but like, like you were saying, like, you're not going to go visit your friend and see it sitting down somewhere. And that, that's the thing, like, going back to the price of it, I would think that, yeah, by Gen 3, by Gen 4, by Gen 5, you're getting that price down to 1500 1000 if you want, If you want the wide consumer market to start adopting this thing, you got to bring that down. Um, but also, like, you know, when I look at what this is and what's included in it, I think it's neat. I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is, I, do I need it? That's the other thing for Hell me no. is, do I need it? Is it, for what I look for in this kind of technology... Is it convenient? Is it ad- is, is it additive to the, to my, my wants and needs? Right? Am I gonna pick this up and go? Hell yeah! I'm gonna use this instead of a computer, or I'm gonna use this instead of just playing my PSVR two or my uh, MetaQuest two or whatever. Am I? Is yeah, this yeah. gonna replace anything that I already have in a way that's enough for me to pay thousands of, do- of dollars for it? Right now, no. Like I don't see I don't see myself picking this thing up. It's neat. Like all the stuff they talk about. Yeah, I like the pass through. I like the idea of like all the AR stuff, AR I think is, is has a lot of neat ideas, but I just don't see the need for it. I think that's for me where the, this this has a lot of shortcomings. I, I have a question. Yeah. Have you guys looked into this more? Like, is this a computer? Like, I understand that it's, it seems like it has two processors in it, but like, is this handling? Like, because yeah, you know, the guy's got a MacBook sitting on the side. So is this like Air Share AirPlay or whatever, or is this actually? I think this is on board. This is him using the browser in there, using his email app okay. in there. Like that, if you go back to earlier where they show they show the app screen, yeah, the which Vita is screen, directly right? ripped off of the PlayStation Vita, and I'm not mad at all about it. Like it's it seems like it's gonna be yeah, it's yeah. gonna have your it, it's gonna I mean, have it has your to be for thirty five hundred dollars, right? It, yeah, it's it's not using your iPhone, but I assume it's gonna be that kind of ecosystem oh, where nice. we're it's starting the same way. Can you imagine can you imagine like what if like using Premiere with this thing? That sure. Seems pretty cool. But my, my question is, why wouldn't you just use a computer? Oh, because you spent thirty five hundred dollars on this piece of shit, and you got to use it for something. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I think you ta- start talking about those kind of things, and you get into really unique, and I don't think mass market yet use cases for it. Right? Of just like trying to be the super hip office and having that thing. You know, if they get powerful enough, blessing to your point to be able to run Premiere, because I guarantee this thing would chug and not be able to do it well. Right? I mean, the M like, one is like a hell of a processing chip. Like you think, iPad. but even with running the AR stuff and doing all this other jazz? 
Like, I think it's just how my, my MacBook handles Premiere, which is old, obviously. Yeah, I understand. Really but, old, yeah. Because it's like yeah. my iPad handles Premiere pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but it's back to, like, I think in some way, uh, uh, right, of like how the quest is the quest, right? Or, you know, yeah, MetaQuest is one way. And then, the you know, the whatever, the big dog oculus whatever the fuck quest is a different thing right because it's got the power of the computer attached to it right same thing of quest versus playstation vr and stuff which again i'm not even talking about the vr uh, options as much as just what this is it's it honestly harkens it back to a lot kevin one of the things you were showing there right was the guy sitting there at his couch grabbing his controller and playing either i guess a mac game or if it's passed through for hdmi right playing his uh ps5 on it or whatever and having this big screen and i remember at the uh launch of playstation vr one of the things i talked about was the idea of like oh well even if you're not using it for you know vr you could use it to play the games in it and have it as a big screen there and i remember colin being like yes but that's not a real use case and i was like i'm not really making that argument i'm just saying that's one of the things you could do it's the same thing that strikes me here and you get like this guy here like go back down what it like go right there right there. i'm sorry the guy looking at the photos of his family or whatever up one not this one kevin yeah right here like this is fucking the punisher like on netflix right he's watching old videos of his family that were the, the, before they, they, you know, they were murdered by the mob he's watching that in his house he takes it off he's all cyberpunk and he's gonna go out and kill everybody like who the fuck's doing this like i don't you know what i mean like and again yeah 20 years from now we look back and laugh at this in the same way i'd be like who's looking at photos on their phone i guess at some point but it's like and I'm, i look at this and it it, it, it looks again I'm with you, Wes. It's Gen 1. Like, what I've said before, what I was hoping Apple would do, and I imagine will do, right, is eventually work on AR in glasses form. Like, you know, like, I, I was hoping Google Glass version 7, right, would look like my normal glasses and have the stuff I'd want on them, rather than a big old clunky VR headset. Again, that I feel the same reason so many of us don't use VR often, right, is the way it cuts you off from the real world and other people in your house or what's going on at the office kind of thing, whereas sure this one shows me my giant bug eyes or whatever and i can see around but it's like can you imagine all of us like trading in our computers and we were just around the office using these things like God, you know oh, that's so bad it's, i mean it, and again i think when they get it down to a form factor that isn't this ob obnoxious maybe but yeah that's the thing is i i like man this this is gonna be such a fun conversation to look back to five years mm -hmm. from now because i could see the future in which this actually does take off if they're able to get this to a, a price point that 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 works for it. Because I believe, well, I mean, fr from the way they talk, they talk about it, you know, and this is all marketing spe marketing speak. This is what Apple does, all that, right? But like them talking about it as, hey, we had the we had the you know our Apple uh, computers, we have the iPhone. Like this is the next step into like our, our technology or whatever. Them being, I I think the way they see this is. You go into an office, you go into a headquarters of a tech company, and you walk in, and instead of laptops and computers, it is just yeah. the Vision Pros that are at each desk, and you are doing all your work, your your work from that. I think it is. Hey, if 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 you don't want to buy a TV, a computer, a gaming, like, if you don't want to buy all this shit, just have a Vision Pro, and now you can use the AR and watch TV on your <laughs> on your fake TV that's on the wall, right? You can do your work from it. There's a there's okay. a, a lot of utility there. But it's just very expensive right now. I think, and I think that's again. Gonna be, you're right. This is going to be an interesting conversation to look back on because again, what you just said nails it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if this is an all-in-one computer, keyboard, monitor, let alone you know, for us, think about us where it's always switching you, uh, HDMI inputs or whatever on our screens to go between using it as a second monitor to be able to play games to do whatever. Think about like when you know nick needs to go home to watch whatever in review movie like there's a bunch of different things yeah i could see us all on our own at our desk with these things on and blah blah but like 
and I also can see it to the same degree of on an airplane, right? Like, it, okay, cool. Like, I, I never use my laptop on an airplane, right? Because I'm a gigantic fucking dude. And it's like, there's no space to put all that stuff out and have it the way I want it. So if it was there and I'm just able to use the keypad, like a little T-Rex, whatever. This is, of course, checking in how <laughs> socially awkward this will be. Yeah. This, you know, like, this is not a real, again, not a real use. I, I, t- I tell the story all the time. I'm coming back from South by Southwest in 2016 and i walked over to the gate where i left my bag with a pr friend and i came back and he was wearing a, a vibe in public just fucking doing VR. i was like take that shit off right now you're not you're not that guy we're not doing this we're not doing this in the airport like Great. it's you- the same thing here but like eventually like you have to have those baby steps and so apple makes the gamble here and does this thing and i again yes the big killer is the price point because if this was a thousand dollars like you're saying fifteen hundred dollars I don't think I would rush out and buy it, but I'd be more interested in it. Like I, I would be like, Oh, like I, I, I could see me wanting to tinker with one of these to screw around with it and see what's up. But like at 3,500, no yeah. way. And I but, saw people last night arguing of like, Oh, well 3,500 is for the, you know, the hardcore and then developers will get them and they'll start making stuff. And it's like, it's such a chicken and the egg thing. I yep. think VR in general has been such a, Oh, it's going to be the gold rush. And then we saw the giant culling of groups and devs and money inside of it go away where it's like, are people looking at this as this is like, this, this is fucking awesome. This is amazing. Because again, like this guy's got a beautiful fucking office right there, Kevin. Gorgeous light, a gorgeous desk, all this open space. Why is he doing it? <laughs> Put a monitor on your desk and talk to your coworkers without the bug eyes. I mean, to, to your point about the chicken and the egg thing, right? And you even being like, if it's $1,500, like, you might not rush out to get it, get it, but you'll consider it. I do think that it has to be a slow burn. I think that's also why you launched this thing at $3,500 and just focus in on the hardcore and on the smaller audience first is the fact that if you put this out at an affordable price, it's still a fucking weird device. It's still something that I, I wouldn't necessarily want to use in my living room casually while Michael Hyam comes out of the room and looks at me like what the totally. fuck is he up to right totally. like it's not a thing that I think write an email yeah like if if all of us in the kind of funny audiences were rocking this thing it'd be it'd be it'd be dystopian it'd be it'd be weird but that's how these things start right like 10 yeah. years from now this might be the norm this might be how we all we all function in the same way that nowadays we're all looking at our phones all the time right like that wasn't yeah. a thing 15 years ago i think that's what they're trying to trying to aim for with this and whether or not they're successful with that that's a whole different conversation because it comes back again to the thing of utility and is this really the is this really a solution to a problem that exists you know like does me having does me having physical monitors and having like a tv and all this stuff like is that an actual problem that you need to solve i personally don't think so and so i and I, that's where i come back to you i don't know how much i believe in this thing that said i can kind of i can see where they're coming from with the strategy of it and like how they're trying to place this thing because i think they're in they're trying to set up that long run that long run race right of 10 years from now this is going to be ubiquitous it's going to be everywhere and this is going to be what mixed reality slash vr is if it isn't then i think this i think this might just prove that that vr slash mixed reality and ar and all that stuff might just not be um at least on the headset side might not be viable um for like consumer consumption right like ar i think is great for pokemon go and all this stuff but do we really need headsets if this thing isn't successful becomes the conversation and you wonder if that's what it kills it It, it, you have to make these steps you have to make money you have to iterate you have to try you have to get people's hands but what people want is i what i at least i what i want what i assume other people want is what i'm talking about right whereas at the most basic level it is a pair of glasses that have what I want popping up on them or doing it, right? It's not a giant headset that makes me look like a goof. And again, mm-hmm. I know that like 
you do it to iterate, but Google Glass, what, uh, Kevin, whatever happened to Google Glass? Oh, like, it, that never, was... it never left the like beta thing. It never launched like a real product. And it's that thing where I think we're in a time right now where, and I'm not even trying to sound like a commercial for something. I don't even know what I'm promoting, but like it, we're in a time where we're trying to be more connected to each other, right? Where it's like, you know, the iPhone it was awesome when it got announced, let alone you get to FaceTime, you get to all this stuff. You know what I mean? I, I like the watch being able to look down and get the notification right away. I like, I like, but I also like, it's so easy to put away and do these things, right? It is a glance and you're done with it. And it, I, I feel almost like when you watch, um, God knows which Avengers or Iron Man, right? There was the stuff where like Tony would like do something on a pad and then throw it up and it would like mm. project and be like that shit would be like, and I understand yeah. to get there, you need to start somewhere with AR and augmented reality and bring and mixed reality stuff. So I get it. And I don't, I'm not smart enough to have the solutions, but it's like, I look at that and I'm like, that ain't it. And it's, I wonder if it dies on the vine because gen one has to look like another headset that people aren't rushing out to buy. Mm. So what does, does this do anything for your perception of VR slash headsets as a whole? Absolutely not. No, I think I think again, and but I think Apple knows that. I don't think they're launching this at thirty five hundred dollars, being like this is gonna be a huge hit with the mainstream. I think they're sure. launching this, and like even what some of the you know very PR answers right is like Apple Vision Pro introduces us to spatial computing, right? Like it's an introduction. If Apple is committed to doing at least three gens of this, you're in a different ballpark. I remember the first apple watch and when tim came back with it i was like oh that's really cool how long does it last and i forget how long it actually lasted but it didn't last the whole day and i was like mm. that's fucking dumb or whatever and it was like he, but it's like no it's cool and it's this and i i waited till whatever gen this watch was and it was good enough and what i wanted so maybe they keep going on this and they get there and they do it but it's also then there are so many things to then talk about on top of just the price point and the clunkiness of it of just like to this day like there's no controllers right there so there's no tactile stuff it's just gonna be the spatial thing with your hands it's like is that really going to be good enough for yeah. typing an email like i like if, if, if my lighting like is typing off. emails on my ipad right like i just don't like that tactile function i like it on my iphone but not on my ipad like would i like this yeah and like i mean from what we've used of vr already like i i remember psvr one and like in the apartment that i had because of the the setup that i had either the lighting was going to be too bright for my psvr one or too dark and i couldn't find the perfect in between for it to function all the time as perfectly as i wanted it to if this thing is using no controller right like that becomes a a, a big aspect which this is this is an expensive product this is apple i'm they have people smarter than me trying to figure this uh, this, this stuff out and so you would hope that no, this is going to work seamlessly. It's going to work perfectly. You're going to be able to type all the words that you want to at a fast pace, yeah. no matter well, the lighting in your in your room. But is it actually going to pay out that way is my question. This is interesting over here, right? Uh, of course, Hatch Dad says, you can use a magic keyboard, though, which gets super exciting because if I can use the magic keyboard, perhaps I can use an external monitor and then maybe a mouse on my desk. Mm. And then maybe then I could save about 2000 to $2,500 by just buying a fucking computer. Like, what's the fucking point? What are you talking about? Yeah. Hatch dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, God! I'm fascinated with this thing. I'm at a place where I'm kind of half and half on it. You know, like, I'm like, half of me is like, this, this is weird and I don't really, too expensive, all this stuff. But the other half is like, yo, I'm, I'm on a wait and see approach. Like, let's see, let's see what the conversation is half a decade from now or a decade from now and, and, and see, like, the steps they take, they take to actually make this more viable and more, like, I, I think that has way more utility than, it, than what it seemingly has because, you know, I think this could be the future, but I, I need them to push it more in ways that I actually care about. 
it could be the future is an interesting statement and yeah. I, you know what i mean like it could have a future is what i'd be willing to say i think it could have a future and have you know get to a place where it could be cool and we could do stuff with it but i digress we will see apple send us them for free <laughs> so we can try them and see me and kevin will throw away our computers we'll just sit there i'll throw it out off th- and i'll use mac Blech, you know i'll do yeah. it for you Thank you. Uh, number two on the Roper Report. That's right. Only number two blessing. Oh, God. Uh, Capcom has announced the Capcom Showcase via tweet. Capcom says, tune in on June 12th, 3 p.m. Pacific for a Capcom Showcase digital event featuring roughly 36 minutes of news and updates on our latest games. See you there. And then, of course, the image driving home Monday, June 12th, 3 p.m. Bless, what's your hype level? So when this announcement came through, I did what I usually do when I see uh, new showcases popped up, uh, pop up, and I went back and I looked at the previous one to see, all right, how exciting was the previous Capcom showcase? Because I, I, I vaguely remember being, like, I think, a bit underwhelmed by it, and I look through and I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense, right? Like I, from the Capcom showcases, you're usually getting updates to stuff you already know about, and then maybe one or two new new things here, but it's never anything that's crazy, like any, nothing that's like super substantial. And so when I look back, right, I have up the Eurogamer uh, thing, and they talk about how, well, they had uh, the Monster Hunter uh, Sunbreak demo launching for PC was announced there. They had um, like an additional trailer for Street Fighter VI, and that's after we only already had two trailers showing up at uh, State of Play, and I believe at Summer Game Fest as well. Um, we had uh, another like update for Exoprimal, um, and I think like the big thing really was uh, Resident Evil, it, it was a couple of things. Resident Evil Village had the DLC announced. Um, and then also we had uh, Resident Evil 4 gameplay actually happen at the Capcom showcase. And then like some things here and there that weren't like super wild. Like there was a Dragon Dog, Dragon's Dogma anniversary thing announced. Um, but yeah, basing my hype off of that, cool. Like I'll watch it. I'm not, I'm not excited for it. I don't think we're going to get any big new announcements just based off of what the Capcom showcase has been. But if we get like fun DLC stuff or fun updates for Street Fighter, or if we get like maybe another demo for Exo Primal, yeah, sure, like that, that's cool. But I don't, I don't think yeah, we're going to have stoked. anything substantial. He sounds stoked for another Exo Primal demo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, this broke during our kind of funny games cast. Uh, we were recording yesterday for our pro- predictions. Everybody stood by me that it's I, I, my prediction of Monster Hunter 2, Monster Hunter World 2 at uh, Jeff Keighley's uh, SGF event on Thursday could still happen with this, that they oh, yeah. announced it there, go into details here. I appreciate that. I like that. And don't worry, I know about the Rise event on Wednesday. I'm saying it would bridge to, don't worry about me and my predictions, everybody. They're great. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you of like, okay, cool. This is, you know, I, you know, one of the questions I saw both uh, in our stuff yesterday for the predictions and then already in the chat was, what about a Mega Man? Like a Mega Man would fit a showcase, right? If you're going to do like another 8-bit side-scrolling Mega Man, do something like that, a throwback for that, or some kind of collection, I think you'd get something like that here rather than SGF. Yeah, I could see that. And then what? Re- the Resident Evil 4, do we have n- any news about that DLC? Because I know the original RE4 had that DLC where you play as Ava, if I'm correct about that. Do, have they talked about that at all? Um, and this is a question for chat, and, and you're wrong. And does that seem like something that would show up at a showcase? If we've not heard anything about that, I would think that you would use this Capcom showcase. People in chat are saying no, that we've not, that we've not gotten that. And so, yeah, maybe you talk about that here. Maybe. We'll wait and see, everybody. Monday, Ada. June Thank 12th, you, 3 Pacific. Uh, I assume we'll be reacting to it. That's Ubisoft Day. It'll be a big old day of reacts around here. And we have to, we're supposed to do our games cast of what we played at SGF, but we'll figure it out. And there'll be content for you, as always, 
here on kind of funny and if you like the kind of funny content well do i have a place for you it's called patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny of course you can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free you can get a bevy of bonus episodes like kind of feudy greg way and so much more and of course you could just support us and say hey great job but guess what right now you're watching on a platform where you're not saying hey great job you're saying I'm just taking and taking and not giving and giving. So here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon and Summer Game Fest. We are in an absolutely stacked year of video game releases, and you can find all of them on amazon.com slash summer game fest. I hope that you found a spare few hundred hours to play all the amazing games that have come out this year already. Gamers have been eating good this year, but this is the only place you want to be amazon.com slash summer game fest because guess what this summer there's gonna be even more exciting announcements coming through of so many more video games that are about to be on all of your favorite consoles like final fantasy 16 armored core 6 diablo 4 street fighter 6 mortal kombat 1 exo primal assassin's creed mirage <gasps> the list goes on and on you can go to amazon.com slash summer game fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games as soon as they go up for pre-order or you can go check out the website now for everything you might have missed so far this year again that's amazon.com slash summer game fest for all of your video game needs shout out to shady rays for sponsoring this episode do you want to look as cool as i look yes you do and you can you can take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an unbeatable price shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that i've ever worn in my life every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a a brand new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase exclusively for you listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season you can go to shadyrays.com and use the code kind of funny you can get 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people promo code kind of funny at shadyrays.com this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know this from experience, how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kindoffunny. Number three on the Roper Report, Diablo 4 
<laughs> Why did I say it like that? I have no <laughs> Diablo 4? <laughs> Diablo 4 already has two expansions in the works. This is Cameron Koch over at GameSpot. But of course, you knew all about this if you listen to the kind of funny X-Cast. Diablo 4 may have just arrived, but Diablo franchise general manager Rod Ferguson has confirmed that two expansions for Blizzard's latest ARPG are already underway. In an interview with Kind of Funny Games on the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Ferguson casually mentioned that the game has two expansions in the works while discussing how to avoid developer burnout and create future content sustainably. While still sticking to Diablo 4's quarterly season plans. Quote, so you have to build your team and your structure around a way for around a way you can do that sustainably because you're kind of always shipping in a way, Ferguson said. In fact, that's something we talk about. We have to build things in parallel. Right now, as I sit, sit here, we're talking about the launch of the main game. We're finishing up season one. We're working on season two. We're working on expansion one and we're kicking off expansion two. All that's happening right now, and we haven't even launched the game yet. Of course, this is on the Kind of Funny X-Cast last week, which I'm sure you all listened to because it's Mike doing a great interview. Uh, Blizzard had previously stated that the goal for Diablo 4 was for it to receive story expansions that will push the game's core narrative forward. But this is the first news that there are already multiple expansions in the oven. Assuming both those expansions are officially released in the years to come, Diablo 4 will be the first game in the series to receive more than a single expansion. Diablo 2 only received one expansion, Lord of Destruction. Diablo 3 also received one expansion, Reaper of Souls, but did eventually receive class DLC in the form of Necromancers. When it comes to Diablo 4 Seasons, uh, Ferguson said much of the team's uh, learning comes from Diablo 3, although Diablo 4's will be deeper and richer. Each season will have a narrative quest line that brings players through the new features and mechanics of the season with cosmetics and the game's battle pass, all focusing on that season's core theme. Blessing? Greg. Fuck yeah. This excites you? Oh my god, dude. All I've been doing is playing Diablo. While we're here, let's toss this in. Number four is Diablo is Blizzard's fastest selling game ever. Uh, Wario64 tweeted, uh, Diablo 4 launches immediately sets new record as Blizzard Entertainment's fastest selling game of all time. Quote, in the four days since early access started on June 1st, Diablo 4 has play- been Oh my God. Diablo 4 has been played for 93 million hours. Jesus. Yes. yes, these expansions excite me, Blessing. I am still firmly and actively addicted to Diablo 4. It is all I want to play. It is all I have played. Uh, every night, Jen and I put Ben down and then immediately run down here to the big screen TV and play couch co-op Diablo. And we've done that every night since Thursday. It's it's bummed me out that I've not been able to get uh, to, into Diablo 4 yet. I have plans to boot it up for the first time tonight. Um, yeah. and so I'm come join us. Um, I, I plan to, but it's been that it's been that thing where again, it's been there's been too many video games, and my latest obsession yeah. has been Street Fighter 6. Um, yeah. last night or this morning, I forget when I tweeted out, I think it was last night, I tweeted out that you know, Street Fighter 6 is my game of the year that's not Zelda. Um, and right under that, I got I got somebody replying to me being like, uh, Street Fighter 6 over Diablo 4 and I almost came back at them but I was like you know what I'm not even trying Diablo 4 let me give it a shot like let me actually like check out, check out this game but like the fact that we're in this time right now where Legend of Zelda came out and it's probably one of the best games I've ever played and immediately after that I've gotten Street Fighter 6 which is the most fun I've had in a video game in a long time and then also I see the whole office obsessed with Diablo 4 and I really want to give it a, a shot as well. Like we're in a blessed yeah. time to be playing video games, let alone Final Fantasy 16 is on the verge of coming out in a couple of weeks. Like what a great it, what a great time to be alive. 
it, it, what an amazing time to be alive to be a gamer right now yeah 100 percent. you're right there with me uh yeah like i've been very ha happy that uh a bunch of you for Gamescast have agreed to take on the other reviews that have been on top of us because, yeah, I've just been able to be like, you know what? I'll get to the other review embargoes later and worry about it after SGF. I can just binge Diablo because that's all I want to do. It's all I want to play. And so it's going to be hard to go to SGF and bring a remote play with me and see if that works. But we'll yeah. see if I actually get anything done. But I've been having such a great time with it. You know, I, I'm so happy because in the review – we talked about it of like, you know, we're reviewing something. Our progress doesn't carry over. We'll never really know the end game, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, I feel like this could be my destiny in terms of this is going to be I, even more like, I guess, my Marvel Heroes Omega, you know, like where it's going to sit on my unit forever and I'm going to be excited to go back to it once in a while. And, and those, I want to play something, but I don't know what I want to play. Go in there and sink in time. But listening to Rod and the X-Cast talk about the expansions, uh, talk about the seasons and stuff. I'm like, I'm so happy there is going to be drip-fed content that even when I inevitably do go off and do other reviews and get hooked on other games and yada, yada, there'll be that, oh, man, in X amount of weeks, there's going to be the Diablo season drop and there'll be a battle pass and there'll be all these reasons to go in there, roll a new character, go through and do it. Like, super stoked. Having so much fun with it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, when you get on tonight, hit me, hit, hit me, hit me and Jen up. We'll get, we'll get you in there. I'll let you up. We'll happily run. You can run with it. And that's the other thing. They do... They do blessing, you know what I mean? Yeah. They fucking crush being able to play with other people, jump in. The enemies will be your level, but they'll be our level too. So, you know, we're both seeing the same thing. We're doing the same stuff. We're getting new progresses. We're having a great time. Does that what does that not like invalidate the leveling system though? Like if the enemies are the same for everybody? I mean, everybody's every enemy scales to you. So there's no you're not gonna go to a dungeon at level 47 and be fighting level eleven guys unless you mm -hmm. joined locally, but that's a different conversation. But like the game is meant to be just, it's like Borderlands was, where you can get into, okay. Borderlands 3 was, where it's like, hey, everybody's going to be able to jump in and have fun with this. Hell yeah. I digress. Number five on the Roper Report, the Starfield Xbox controller and headset will release during the Xbox Game Showcase. This is Chris Scullion at VGC. Microsoft will announce, what the hell? It's Starfield Xbox wireless controller and headset during its upcoming Xbox Game Showcase, and will then immediately make it available for purchase. That's according to Data Miner. Don't try to uh, don't try to correct the text now. It's too late. You're Listen, that's on, that's on Chris Golian, all right? Hey, I'm not saying it's on you. Yeah, just don't make me look like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> that's according to Data Miner, uh, Bill Bill Coon, who has a near flawless track record of product leaks. The Xbox Game Showcase will take place Sunday, June 11th, and will begin at 10 a.m. Pacific. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, kind of funny is going to SGF, flying back that morning to make sure we are here to live react to it with you. So make sure you catch us on Twitch and YouTube. I digress. Back to the article. It will immediately be followed by a Starfield Direct presentation focused solely on Bethesda's game. It's not clear whether the controller and headset will be revealed during the main show case or a Starfield Direct, uh, though logic would suggest the latter. The controller will reportedly cost $79.99. Reports and images of the Starfield Xbox controller have been doing the rounds online for a number of weeks now with purported leaks, leaked photos showing a white controller with a rainbow effect around the Xbox button and clear triggers. Some users in the U.S. have also started sharing photos and images that appear to show the controller already in stores ready for release on june 11th hell yeah kevin there's a link in the doc the, with the image of the controller and this has been leaked for God damn that's a hot ass yeah Xbox and this controller. was this was leaked a while ago and i remember thinking man i really hope this is real because it looks incredible and yeah i'm happy i'm happy that this seems to be real right like bill bill coon here is like i anytime they open their mouth i believe what they say like they could say that half-life 3 is coming tomorrow and i'll put money down on half-life 3 wow. coming tomorrow uh but yeah no this controller looks fantastic yeah 100 percent. no notes i love that 
Let's go. You, how how right. excited are you for, for Starfield coming off our conversation about all these incredible games? Do you think Starfield is going to be another entry into what's been one of the best uh, years in gaming of all time? Dude, I hope so. I have no, I, you know, it's, it's such a weird one where we know we've had so many amazing games this year. We are feasting on game of the year contenders already. And so then you get to Starfield and it is just a, I mean, where do you, you can take the pro side or the con side of just like, it's a Todd Howard game. It's a Todd Howard RPG, single player RPG. Like, yeah, you have my attention. You have my money. You have my 50 hours, at least probably of playing this thing. Even if it gets to, it, I'm like, oh, I'm not that into it. Like those kind of games are great. Right. Then the con side, what it's been delayed a bunch, obviously fallout 76. I mean, there's, you know, that kind of thing, your reaction to fallout four, depending on who you are. Is it anything more than a no man's sky? Is it not like, it's just the fact that, that, one gameplay big old demo they did right didn't set the world on fire i didn't look at that and have the holy shit i need to go play this but again i don't feel like that is really what those games are those games are the story the factions the interplay the choices the decisions and so i'm hoping that on sunday when we live react on youtube and twitch i will be like oh my god yes that's awesome look at that and how they just like i don't expect to be wowed by the gameplay of it the gameplay i feel is the means to the end of it cool like, it's similar in a way i guess to diablo right of like i'm gonna go off on the quest i'm gonna kill the things to get the xp i'm gonna get the mcguffin and i'm gonna get some cool loot and gear along the way to make myself better to make my experience better and stronger and yada 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 like that's what i'm hoping for and what i want out of it and the gameplay presentation they did of it just didn't blow my hair back mm. it, it did just look like another one of those space games and i'm hoping this sunday like here's why we're not just another space game and i can be all the way in on it all the way excited about it back to the pro column bethesda todd howard xbox phil they know what this game needs to be they know this game needs to be fucking awesome yeah they've delayed, so, delayed like, it for years yeah and they know what's riding on it in terms of reputation both for bethesda and for xbox first party so it's like i have no reason not to be excited but for some reason i'm i'm i guess cautiously like eh, i don't know how i feel like yeah i don't know i mean i think it's i'm, I'm expecting to be to leave on sunday and be like Yep, I mean, let's go. Yeah, we've been burned so much when it comes to these big games coming out. I mean, the last, but that's the Game Studios game was Fallout 76. And so it's very easy to go based off of your past sins to then project that to here, let alone what we see with CD Projekt with Cyberpunk 2077 and also what we see with Bioware with their last couple of releases between Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda. It feels like whenever we build something up to be the greatest thing of all time, it ends up exactly. falling way short. In Starfield, I have more faith in that, right? Because, like, Fallout 76 was a weird spinoff thing that was in collaboration with other studios. And, like, obviously, that I loop into the Redfall, uh, Wolfstein, Youngblood of Bethesda being, like, we got to make multiplayer shit and all that shit not being good. Um, Fall uh, Starfield is the follow-up to Fallout 4, really. And, like, Fallout 4... I, I, I love Fallout 4. I understand the people that were underwhelmed because it just was more Fallout, but I really dug that game. The, but that's the before that, right? Made Skyrim. Before that, they made Fallout 3. And like these are games that are legendary in the RP, in the RPG space. I, I'm right there with you though on the what is Starfield gonna do to wow me? Because yeah. yeah, coming off of that last trailer, I'm right there with you that it didn't blow me away. But also I think that comes with the setting and the aesthetic of the of, of, of the game because it is such a, hey, this is NASA and it's space. Like, we're giving NASA astronauts guns. Like, go crazy. And they've not really shown us what the factions look like. They've not really shown us what quests look like. There's so much that I feel like they've kept hidden. 
And I'm yeah. hoping that once we start to hear the dialogue, once we start to hear the conflicts between factions, between characters, that that's when it starts to shine. That is the hope. I think by 100%. Sunday, we'll know. Yeah, Sunday's the day, right? They have to come out there. They have a giant presentation all of themselves, a direct, let's see what you got. Let's go. And so, yeah, I'm very excited for Sunday to see that. But yeah, I'm still not like, oh, yeah, sold. Let's go run to the races. But Blessing. We have six minutes till the Blessing show premieres, all right? We do. Enough about Starfield and Sunday. Let's get sad for a second. Number six, Knockout City has officially gone offline. Uh, the Knockout City uh, Twitter account tweeted today, that's a wrap, folks. Now Knockout City's gone offline. But the party never stops. Play the private hosted server edition, jam to the Knockout City soundtrack, and check out the Pirate Radio podcast to get your KO fix anytime. Catch you on the flip side. And then they put up this little piece of art of one of the knockout city players looking out across knockout city with their ball under their arm. And it really is like, ah, like we love knockout city. We had so much fun with knockout city here, but as it are games in 2022, 2021, 2023, right? Like something is always coming out. We have to play next. We have to play next. And so it is hard to be as a games as a service. And I adored knockout city when I played it and was really into it for what a month and a month and a half. And then I fell away and I know a lot of people did too. And, here we are with the servers being turned off. It's 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 a heartbreaker of that's what the industry is right now. Yeah, it, it hurts my soul so much because Knockout City had so much personality, it had such solid gameplay, and it's some of the most fun I've had in a multiplayer game in years. Um, yeah, I, I think it deserve it deserved a lot better than what it got from I, I guess audience showing up, and that's just a byproduct of where we're at in video games, where multiplayer stuff, live service stuff is such a crowded space, and you're either going to live or die, and it sucks to see Knockout City being the ones that one of the ones that hasn't been able to live, along with the Rumble Verses of the world, and like uh, I want to say the Multiverses, but Multiverses, of course, never came out, and so how can you Don't die worry. when you never came out? Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Knockout City. I'm happy that there's still ways to play though with the private, uh, private hosted servers, um, yeah. and I hope to see whatever they do next be something that's just as good, if not better, and something that hopefully be able to grab more of an audience. Your final story on the Roper Report for today is number seven, Western Digital's storage expansion cards for the Xbox Series X and S are real and now available. Once again, Taylor Lyles at IGN has the report. After a leak a few months ago, Western Digital and Microsoft have teamed up to create storage expansion cards for Xbox Series X and S. The Western Digital WD underscore black C50 storage expansion card will be available in two storage configurations, 500 gigabytes, which costs $80, and one terabyte, which will retail for $150, the same as Seagate's one terabyte storage card. Both configurations are currently available for order on Western Digital's website. Best Buy also has a listing, but only for the one terabyte model. Fantastic, Bless. I'm glad people can buy and expand their Xbox thing to get in there and play the Redfalls and play the Grounded. You gotta, you gotta be able to have space for all those those games those first lots party of, games you're downloading and first parties uh but let me tell you bless these cards coming to retail are so far away if i wanted something more immediate where would i go you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday out today diablo 4 on playstation all of them xbox all of them in pc who would be foolish enough to try to fight diablo's day amnesia the bunker on xbox all the xboxes playstation 4 and pc then loop 
I'm sorry, Loop 8, Summer of Gods on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. And Nintendo stood up and said, we'll fight Diablo. And they're giving you new Nintendo Switch Online games today. Kirby Tilt and Tumble on Game Boy. Blaster Master Enemy Below on Game Boy. Harvest Moon on SNES. And Mystery Tower on NES. Meanwhile, new dates for you. Planet Zoo, a rid animal pack, is launching June 20th. Crime Boss Rocket City is launching June 15th on PlayStation 5 and all the Xboxes. Finally. And then Mike's going to be so excited. Uh, Jumanji Wild Adventures uh, launches on Xbox One and Series, PlayStation 4 and 5, Switch and PC, November 3rd. Deals of the day for you. Uh, Nintendo of America has announced Nintendo Switch Online members from June 7th uh, to June 13th. You can download and try the full NBA 2K23 game at no additional cost. So there you go. Have fun with that. Uh, Madeline has written in for Squad Up just like you can at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says she needs help. IRL. I'm going to be at Summer Game Fest on Thursday at the YouTube Theater. Would love to meet up with some kind of funny best friends before or after. If you see me with bright purple hair, come say hi or let me know on socials if you'll be there. Smiley emoji. Of course, Madeline is mad exposure on the socials. Uh, Madeline will have purple hair and better be wearing a kind of funny shirt. If she's not wearing a kind of funny shirt, I have it on good authority, but I can get Jeff Keeley to throw you out. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight. I'm going to stop. We didn't screw anything up today. But Canon reports, I've been keeping track of the kind of funny scores. I'm a few weeks behind, but the highest score of 2023 so far is Tim with 270 points on February 28th. The highest score of all time is Greg, 300 points oh. on, on June 29th, 2022. Right. Wow. Appreciate that. I don't, I don't think the, the high score from this week beat me, but no. I'm not 100% sure either. I, I, I didn't. Um, okay. You're good. Oh, actually, I Great. have it here. You're looking no, at it? No, it did not beat you. Uh, we got to get out of here because the blessing show starting in 60 seconds. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Tomorrow, blessing and Andy will be here to host the show. Remember, after the blessing show, or you should uh, watch the streams on YouTube and Twitch because they're playing Diablo hardcore. I might be there. It depends on how much my baby sleeps. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been kind of funny games daily. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>